Welcome everybody to the Captain Spot. I'm your host, Justin Freeman. Six foot one inches, 277 pounds of fantasy knowledge. That's right, we've come a long way since 299, down 22 pounds already on this weight loss challenge. Rock and rolling, heading towards the goal, eyes on the prize. Today, a little special edition. We're gonna to try to knock out three birds with one stone in today's show. We're gonna be talking about the NFC Championship game. We'll break that down showdown style. We'll talk about the AFC game championship slate. We'll also be talking about the full Sunday championship slate two-gamer over on DraftKings. We'll walk our way through the entire thing. We'll just kind of go uh, game by game, break it down much like we would showdown, but then we'll also sort of get into the two-game implications. Um, you know, I am obviously a big proponent of using simulation in order to be able to uh, you know, come up with some unique approaches towards gameplay. And obviously I think a two game slate is kind of a perfect way to utilize the same showdown sim technology that we're using already and apply that to another small slate type of event. Uh, obviously that means we can get a little bit weird. It's not as much about playing the best plays. It's about playing unique combinations of lineups. So without further ado, why don't we hop right into this slate? We'll begin with Bucks Packers. Now, the NFC game will get started. It'll be a 305 kickoff Sunday afternoon. Packers favored in this game by three and a half. It does have the lower total between the two games, currently sitting at 51 and a half. There's not a ton to report here on injuries. The only real injury of note is Antonio Brown for the Bucks is not going to play in this game. He is out. Ronald Jones, who came in played, looked a little bit gimpy to me last week as he sort of backed up Leonard Fournette and easing him back off of his injury. He will play. Uh, everybody else is expected to play. No issues over on the Packers side. We had our eye on A.J. Dillon earlier this week. He doesn't carry a game designation. All three running backs for the Packers will be active. Now, we think about sort of most likely ways for this game to play out. Um, you know, Obviously, Packers are favored here by just over a field goal. I do expect the Packers to win. You know, the tough run defense from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gets even tougher this week. This is the team allowing the fewest rush attempts in the NFL and, and on top of that, the fewest yards per attempt in the NFL. Like, just amazing run D there from the Bucs. That makes us, like, automatically put up some some caution around Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, anybody you think could need a rushing touchdown in this game or a big play on the ground. However, uh, you know the Bucks do see a lot of work in the passing game to running backs. There could be some opportunities there. Um, you know, thinking about the way the other side of the football is going to work, I think Tampa Bay with Tom Brady is going to be leaning on the ground game early in this game. Now, whether they can continue to establish the run throughout the, the course of the entire game remains to be seen. We'll see how competitive the game stays. And for all we know, the Bucks might win by two touchdowns here. But overall, I think they would prefer a little bit more run-heavy attack. Now, if you look at how the two teams have played over the course of the year so far, uh, the, the Packers have actually been far more run heavy than the Bucks. Now, of course, a lot of that has to do with game script. The Packers have had a great season. They've been able to salt away some clock late. But overall, to me, I think about how this game's most likely to work. The Packers are not going down without Aaron Rodgers getting his. So in other words, if, if the Packers were to, to be in any danger of losing this game, you can best believe they are abandoning the run game and putting the game on the back of Aaron Rodgers. That's just sort of how I see this thing going. Now, where could the ball go? 
Um, you know, I think obviously it's it's really clear on the Packers side. This Devontae Adams, he's he's far and away uh, the best receiver in the NFL right now. I just I don't even want to think twice. I want him in my lineups. Go ahead and rock and roll there, and that applies to the two game and the one game slate. Um, you know, regardless of where you're playing, really want to have Devontae Adams exposure, and he looks like a fantastic captain option on the showdown slate as well. Now, trying to figure out other options there for the Packers where it gets a little bit interesting. You have Alan Lazard, who's clearly running more routes now than Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Ever since returning from that core muscle injury, Alan Lazard has been really integrated back into this offense. Uh, I really love going back to him again this week. He obviously had a long touchdown last week. They missed MVS, but I know, you know MVS has had plenty of targets last week. I believe eight targets uh, in the divisional round. However, the, the routes run are just amazingly in favor of Alan Lazard. He's becoming the more full-time player. He's the guy I'd rather bank on, even if it does seem like we're chasing box scores, so to speak. Uh, I'm cool with going back to Alan Lazard. Now, Robert Tunyon is where things get really interesting, especially on the two-game slate, because we are going to be uh, looking at a really interesting tight end pricing algorithm here this week where you have Travis Kelsey way at the top, of the tight end pricing at 8K, and then way down 3,600, you'll get to Robert Tunyon. Now, do I think Robert Tunyon outscores Travis Kelsey? Probably not. Uh, you know, maybe maybe one time out of 10, two times out of 10, something like that. However, uh, when you factor in that pricing difference, you know, does Tunyon and all of the things that that $4,400 allows you to afford and spend up on, does that outscore Travis Kelsey? Yeah, maybe that's where it becomes really interesting uh, because there are, you know, Stefan Diggs is on this slate. Devontae Adams is on this slate. Patrick Mahomes is on this slate. Um, you know, uh, Tyree kills on this slate. It can be tough to fit in all of those options, especially when you have sort of a natural pump position like tight end. So, um, yeah, overall, just consider that as part of your um your decision-making criteria. Now, Jamal Williams on, on the uh, Packers' backfields, another guy who's interesting. Uh, you can get him for very cheap this week. However, you know, I, I think as far as passing game role goes, Aaron Jones has been the one who's been out there uh, you know, with a much more established role there in the passing game. Looking on the Tampa side, what do we do with Antonio Brown out? You know, is it going to be Tyler Johnson or is it going to be Scotty Miller taking advantage of the vacancy left behind by Antonio Brown. Well, first and foremost, let's just recall that Antonio Brown is not a full-time player. He plays about two-thirds of the snaps. Now we have two guys vying for that spot. I think the most likely outcome is that both those guys play a little bit, so essentially a third of the snaps for either guy. Um, you know, I think if there is a guy who slightly separates, it's Scotty Miller. He seems to play more of the same role than Antonio Brown does. However, I don't have a really firm stance there. What I do have a firm stance on is that I think the team uses significantly more 12 personnel in this game. That's a two tight end set. They've done it a plenty already this year, but they could really lean into that. And so essentially you end up with your five key position players being a running back, two tight ends, and your two wide receivers. Now when you have two wide receivers on the field, it's really clear who that's going to be. It's going to be Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, both of which are healthy. They're ready to go. Now the two tight ends are going to be Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski. So if you're telling me I get even more snaps, even more routes for both of those guys, they actually become really interesting. And especially on the two-game slate, you could even consider playing both those two guys 
in the same lineup. That would be a really unique way to go. Two tight ends already usually going to be very unique. Two tight ends from the same team uh, is pretty uber unique. That could be a great way to win you a million dollars in a large field GPP. Um, so just consider that I do foresee an increase in playing time for both of those players. Now, in the backfield, you have Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette. That's the other question we have to figure out. Um, we saw Leonard Fournette take over a lead back role last week. Ronald Jones came in. Uh, to me, he looked just a little bit hobbled. I don't know if I was reading into things there. I think with another week off, uh, we'll see pretty much a full steam ahead version of Ronald Jones. But Fournette got the job done. He was fine. He wasn't anything amazing on the ground. But uh, as far as two-minute drill goes, Fournette's the guy you're going to want in your lineup. He's the guy who's going to be out there catching passes, checkdowns, easy fantasy points that way. Now, if you tell me a guy's going to break off a 45-yard touchdown run, I think that's your guy, Ronald Jones. So you know, make sure you account for that based on the script that you want to follow. I think there's no wrong way to go there. Now, let's look at our next game. Next game is Chiefs and Bills. On this game, we have a little bit of an injury report. Uh, we expect we're going to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We expect we're going to see Sammy Watkins, um, but we don't know for sure. We're going to keep our eye on both those guys. Le'Veon Bell's questionable. I don't think we'll get him. He, he popped up later in the week on the injury report with, uh, with a swollen knee issue. Gabriel Davis on the other side for the Bills is listed as questionable as well. He did get in a limited session on Friday. That's encouraging. So the Chiefs are favored by three and a half. The total's at 54 and a half. So we're getting three more points total in this game. Obviously, if you're thinking about it from the two-game slate, thinking maybe this might be the game that you would be a little bit more drawn towards. Uh, the only thing I'd caution you is like, well, if that's the case, then everybody might be a little more drawn towards this game. You may be a little bit more unique stacking up the other side, a little bit more leverage inserted there. Now we think about you know, what do these teams want to do? We've seen the Bills just completely abandon the run. And for that reason, Devin Singletary, who is very affordably priced on either slate, either option, becomes a lot less exciting. However, Devin Singletary, kind of like Aaron Jones, who has a bad matchup in the other game, is involved in the passing game. So we can consider using those guys um, you know, at, at relatively decent price points. Overall, I think, you know, just like I thought with Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay game, you know, Buffalo is not going down, you know, because they fed Devin Singletary too many times. It'll be because Josh Allen's a big part of this game. Um, Josh Allen will be forced to make plays. I think that puts the Chiefs D in a really interesting spot. Um, you know, you can certainly consider them. I mean, Josh Allen, we've seen him play great, but how will he play in a really high-pressure situation? Um, I think, you know, when a guy is used to playing from ahead and now has to play from behind, we can see you know, some of those bad tendencies pop back up. But overall, I'm not overthinking it when it comes to Stephon Diggs. It's really easy to know what to do there. Just go ahead and lock him in, just like we were going to do the same with Adams on the other side. Uh, John Brown, Cole Beasley sort of vying for number two duties, sort of alternating week to week. If you're following that flowchart, it'll be Cole Beasley's week here this week. Gabriel Davis, who I'm currently expecting to play, but cautiously uh, would be the number four wide receiver. He's out there running routes. Uh, I think the Bills like running a four wide receiver set, which limits me just a little bit on Dawson Knox, a guy who I really want to play because his price point is really appetizing, especially on the two-game slate. I just might have to hold off a little bit on him if Gabriel Davis plays. If Gabriel Davis does not play, we'll see a boost to Isaiah McKenzie. We may see Kenny Stills caught up off the practice squad. 
But overall, I might think about bumping up Dawson Knox at that point. Uh, behind Devin Singletary, there's not really much for us to choose from. It's just TJ Yeldon. He's the only guy who's logged carry uh, ever since Zach Moss has been out. So uh, I'm not super excited about you know trying to chase a number two option in a run game that doesn't exist. For the Chiefs, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we're expecting to be back this week. I think he and Darrell William instantly form a 1A, 1B committee. I do have Clyde slightly ahead of Darrell right this second. Uh, earlier in the week, I had Darrell ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but the reports from Andy Reid seem to indicate that he is actually really excited about what he's seen from Edwards-Alaire here this week in practice. I think he can be involved, but I mean, honestly, even though we've seen CEH have workhorse duties in the past, hasn't, made, hasn't meant a great deal of fantasy production either. So just kind of tempering expectations. Not a very exciting week to be playing running backs on the two-game slate. I would definitely encourage you to only play two running backs uh, in your large field GPPs. Make that that fourth receiver spot into the flex. Make your flex spot into a fourth receiver. How about that? Uh, that sounds a little bit better. But overall, yeah, I think a pretty even split there for CEH and Darrell Williams. You know, Sammy Watkins coming back this week throws a little monkey wrench into what we saw last week in terms of Miko Hardman's usage. Uh, that was actually a lot of fun seeing him you know, be targeted in the passing game. He obviously takes a back seat. It'll be Tyreek and Sammy out there for most of the game. With a little Demarcus Robinson, a little Tyreek Hill, just a smidge of Byron Pringle. But overall, that's going to be pretty tight rotation over there. Now, Travis Kelsey's where things get really interesting. Um, you know, I think you, what are the most likely ways that the Chiefs move the ball here through the air? I think Tyreek Hill could have a tough time against this secondary. It's a pretty talented secondary in Buffalo, but Tyreek Hill is really matchup proof. Um, just especially given his particular skill set, it's tough to just erase him from the game because, you know, kind of like Devontae Adams in a different way, they just use him all over the place. Um, obviously a very different skill set from Adams, but very similar in the way that, you know, the coordinators are dedicated towards getting these guys open putting the ball in their hands and letting them make the play. So Tyree could possibly escape, you know, shadow coverage from Tredavious White. Um, but Travis Kelsey has a really interesting matchup because the middle of the field uh, should be where he eats. I, I expect sort of a big game here for Kelsey. He's just been absolutely killing it. I should also mention last time these two teams played each other, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a monster game. It was his best game of the season what came against Buffalo earlier this season. I don't think you can consider any of the backup tight end options for Kansas City. I think we pretty much know who the players are at this point in the year. Why don't we just go ahead and take a look at some of our optimal rates here this week. This is sort of a way that I like to approach this two-game slate. Uh, it's not dissimilar to the way I approach Showdown, but basically uh, let's lump these guys in by position and see how many times they pop in the optimal lineup. I'm able to run 2,000 sims on a multi-game slate right now. Hopefully I can get that up to a higher number. But as of right now, the sims really like Josh Allen. Uh, mixing in Allen, Rodgers, Mahomes. Pretty distant on Brady, honestly. Uh, Brady's been playing really well, but just, you know, I think I'd rather pay up just a little bit to get to Aaron Rodgers if we're in that general price point. Uh, and then at the running back position, don't really like anybody, honestly. I wish I couldn't play. I wish I had just, you know, seven flex spots this week. It could make it however I wanted. But, you know, you got to play two of them. And, um, you know, there's a number of split backfields that 
really lift Aaron Jones and Devin Singletary towards the top of the list. Now, you can say Aaron Jones is definitely in a split backfield of his own. However, we've seen a little bit more rushing volume consistently from the Packers. Uh, I do think they win. I think they get, a, get ahead a little bit, and they'll ride Aaron Jones some. But I think what really saves Aaron Jones is despite this tough matchup, he is super involved in the passing game. And so if he can continue to you know, hold on to that role, just be an outlet there for Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, we do know that the Bucks give up a lot of receptions to running backs. So uh, there's an opportunity for Aaron Jones to pay off regardless of game script. Now, Devin Singletary, it just becomes like he's one of the better of the worst options. He's only 4,500. I mean, DraftKings is just daring you to play Devin Singletary, and I really don't want to. I wish his number was a little further down on this list. But you'll see it's really pretty clustered together. Every guy's within roughly 10% of each other between Darrell Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Devin Singletary. And then you get big teardrop up to Aaron Rodgers and down to Jamal Williams. And so we really have a pretty tight player pool. We can just kind of cycle guys through, play different scripts out. Um, you know, I think Ronald Jones 4,600 is really interesting. I mean, what kills him is the, the lack of projectable volume. You know, Devin Singletary get a little bit more projectable volume, especially in the passing game. At the tight end position, you know, despite an 8K price tag, we're looking at a lot of Travis Kelsey, right around 48%. Um, I think it would be interesting to compare that to whatever his uh, you know, total ownership ends up being. Going to be really interested in playing Tunyon and Brait in lineups that don't have Kelsey. But I think it's also going to be really interesting to come up with some two tight end lineups. You'll see... Uh, if you're, if you're actually watching here, you can see that the tight end ownership adds up to 126% for the optimal rates. That means that you know, in about 26% of our lineups, we're flexing tight ends. Only 11% of our lineups are reflexing running back. The other 62, 63% of our lineups, we're flexing wide receivers. And so let's talk about them here for just a minute. Uh, Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs are our clear guys that we want to sort of force into our lineups. Only 7K for Diggs is just kind of preposterous. 8K for Adams is totally affordable. I think where it gets a little bit tough is, you know, you kind of have, to me, there are four guys that you really want to pay up for on this slate, and, and you're not going to be able to pay up for all four. You're going to have to pick no more than three of the four, and that's Adams, Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You, know, you really would love to have all those guys in your lineup. You can't make that work. You could ar argue Patrick Mahomes in that category as well, but only $1,000 more really to get to, to Patrick Mahomes. So um, and only $700 more than it is for Josh Allen. But you know, overall, it's tough to get those guys. We're going to have to come down a little bit. We're going to have to get unique. You know, play a Cole Beasley, play a Allen Lazard. You know, get some of those guys in the lineup. Sammy Watkins at 3,800 helps you fit in a lot of Chiefs, uh, you know, players into your lineup. And then looking at our defense, it's really pretty evenly distributed. Um, you know, not super crazy about anybody, but I think you know, if, if I'm putting my own personal spin on it, I do like the Chiefs D. Definitely tell myself a story about Josh Allen struggling in a primetime position. Let's take a look at our captain spots in the AFC game. Excuse me, the NFC game. This Devontae Adams uh, comes out as the captain in nearly 30% of our lineups, followed by Aaron Rodgers, Chris Godwin, Aaron Jones, Alan Lazard, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Ronald Jones. 
looking at our flex appearances in that same game, it is the quarterbacks, Rodgers and Brady, that rise to the top, followed by Adams, Godwin, Jones, Jamal Williams, Ronald Jones. So let's look at our AFC championship game. The hammer here on the late slate is Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs is our clear number one, two, followed by Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So again, we see a quarterback in both these situations ranked ahead of their top two uh, players. I think a lot of that for um, you know Buffalo is going to be how much Josh Allen's involved in the run game. For Kansas City, it's a matter of the fact that Patrick Mahomes can pay off Hill and Kelsey um, and then make his own score higher than the other two. Looking at flex options is the two quarterbacks uh, far and away, Allen and Mahomes, followed by Diggs. Watkins. Watkins a really good way to open up some salary for you this week. Cole Beasley, Tyreek Hill, Harrison Butker, Travis Kelsey, Devin Singletary, Demarcus Robinson, Tyler Bass. So, overall, we got the information we need. This is a fun slate. Um, had fun, obviously, playing the four-gamer last week. This will be the last time we get to play Classic. So I hope you guys will go out there and uh, you know, get unique in, in a handful of ways. You know, leaving a little bit of salary on the table can be a good way to do that. You know, playing a double tight end, playing two players from the same team at the same position. Like imagine a Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette lineup, or a Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski lineup, or a Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones lineup. You know, thinking about especially running back and tight end, can you play two dudes from the same team? Could pay off together. Um, you know, uh, Darrell Williams and Claude Edwards Alaire would be another one that you could consider for Kansas City. So, overall, got some food for thought. Hope this uh, helps you guys out this weekend. Uh, this will be, I guess, the, the last show before the Super Bowl. We'll take a couple weeks off there before the Super Bowl and uh, we'll check you guys then. Really appreciate everybody hanging in there all season. Hope you guys have played well. Um, I know it's been a lot of fun here and make sure that you like the video. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up and subscribe if you're not already. I really appreciate that. You guys have a great weekend. See ya.